We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Welcome back to another Butting Heads episode. That's not how I usually do this. Uh, on Ramstalk Radio, I'm Steve Ribeiro. As always, joined here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, we got two less preseason games now officially. Uh, the first game's cut of the season. You think that's going to be it? You know, I, I have to say I, I love the idea of only two preseason games. But sadly, I think this is just going to be something we're going to see more of. As much as I'd love to say that there's going to be a season, it's seeming more and more less likely this is going to happen. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll happen. Maybe I should keep the faith. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, like we're in, we're in a pandemic. They should not be playing four preseason games. That feels ridiculously obnoxious they they got to travel to these games they're already going to be traveling 
Probably too much. I mean, in reality, the Rams should just play the Chargers twice in the preseason. That logistically, that probably wouldn't happen because uh, I'm I'm assuming the Raiders would likely play one of us closest team to proximity. So I I don't know. It's two two games. If if that, I mean, I'd even be fine with one game, but I don't know. I I still feel like this thing's gonna happen, but they they. If they, if it doesn't happen, it's on them, man. They've had months to figure this out. And I know you can't predict what the virus is going to do and how it's going to spread and when it's going to spread. But, like, you look at what the NBA put together in, what, like two months on the fly to finish a season. The NFL had the longest runway by far out of any of these sports to put something together. And, I mean, if if the season doesn't pull off because of – like they don't, I don't know. It, if me, it feels like I know it's not totally on them because you know they didn't create a virus to stop the season, but they've had a lot of time to figure this out, and it feels like they figured nothing out. Yeah, kudos to the NBA because they seem to have their shit together. Like I, I'm not gonna lie, they like so far have had like a plan from the start, and there really hasn't been. I mean, yeah, there have been a few players that have said that they're going to sit out the season. And, you know, if, if that's really how they feel, then, you know, who are we to stop them? But right. uh, overall, in terms of an overall league plan, the NBA has been on top of it. So kudos to them, because even like with baseball, uh, <laughs> that's been a joke in and of itself. So hey, it's happening, uh, though. It's happening. <laughs> Yeah, but it's such a reduced rate and that such a it took so long for them to just decide on how many games they were going to play. It, it's just the whole thing was so ridiculous. It, it's funny like I when when the pandemic started and baseball was like coming up like seemed like it would happen sooner than later. I was kind of like hey, like I, I'm for for reference, I don't watch baseball like at all. I like going to a game, but that's about it. But so, like at the start, I was like, "I'm I'm not gonna start watching baseball just to watch sports." Like, no way. I, I I'm not gonna do it. I I will be watching first pitch for sure. It is uh it has been a long couple of months. Uh, the basketball tournament starts this weekend. I will definitely be watching my. Marquette Golden Eagle alumni team of guys that aren't good enough to play in the NBA anymore uh, try and win a million dollars for themselves. No doubt I will be tuned into that. Yeah, I mean, it's really come down to that. We have had so little sports in our lives, and I can't honestly remember a time where I've been so deprived of sports. I I mean, obviously it's for a good reason, but um, still doesn't make me feel any better. Does uh, do you know if UCLA's got a team in the the basketball tournament? Uh, not as far as I know. Uh, I think I think there's not going to be any teams representing California, uh, just because of how closed off things are. Yeah, well, it, it's I don't know. It's it's weird. It's just like an alumni. It's this this tournament that it doesn't really make any sense, but. Shit, man, it's the only it's the only sport we got right now, pretty much. Uh, at least besides, like, uh, I guess overseas soccer is, is playing, and 
It's definitely bigger than this. Uh, no, no UCLA alumni team, but I'm sure there is some UCLA players in the tournament. Any, anyways, we got we got a fun show today. Uh, we're gonna do over unders for a lot of the positions uh, and players on the Rams positions. I, I don't know where I'm going there. Uh, I put together these over unders based on projections I've seen for players this year, their performance last year, similar performances over the past year. So I didn't get these from anywhere outside of the uh, win total, which is from Vegas, I would assume. But before we get into that, Johnny, we are three reviews away from finally giving this jersey out. We are close. This is real, guys. If if you don't get in in the next three reviews, you're not going to be able to win this. We got a great review uh, from Paul Cat 1969 this week on Apple Podcasts. Reviewer 197. Uh, he had some good, great things to say about us. So, Paul, we definitely appreciate it. And uh, look, guys, we're giving away a free, literally free, you don't got to pay anything, Rams jersey. You can get the new one. You can get an old one if you want to get something sooner. But all you got to do, leave a five-star review, take a screenshot, Tweet it at one of us, at Cerebero, at Johnny596, at TalkRams, at DC Pala, or you can email it if you prefer, ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Leave your name in the email, and you will be entered. And once these three reviews come in, Johnny, that's it. That get, that jersey is getting give given away. I cannot speak English tonight. Uh, <laughs> anyways, let, uh, you ready to do some of these over-unders? Let's do it. All right, let's 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 start with this one. The official win total for the Rams is eight and a half. Uh, I believe we will probably do our uh, schedule preview. I, I guess it's July already. Jesus, uh, this month probably, which we've been doing. But right now, eight and a half wins over under. What, what do you got? Oof, this is this is really tough. Um, I, is it? Uh, I, I think it is just because I feel like you can go in a lot of different directions here. Uh, and I'm not going to stick to this number per se, just because, uh, I might have a change of heart later, but I'm going to say, um, a very boring, uneventful number of nine and seven. So I guess it's over. We'll see when these uh, game-by-game predictions come around because you are known for picking the Rams to win almost every game. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) that might change this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, and by the way, I put this out on Twitter, so I'll I'll read the results of the poll on the show. This one was 83% over, 17% under. I mean, look, guys. It's June. What are we even doing here if we're going to predict under? Yeah, like, like, what, what? why would we even be doing this podcast? I'm, I'm going over. I'm not going to say how many wins over yet, but we won nine, we won nine games last year. Uh, I, I think we will at the very least be a little better um, or run in place. I don't really see us being worse than nine and seven. I don't know. But it's, it's definitely possible, as I've mentioned in the show in the past. But I would never bet that. Uh, over under Johnny, one point five receivers on the Rams having at least one thousand yards. So for reference, last year both Robert Woods, Cooper Cup went well above it. They each had over eleven hundred yards. 
uh, each had about each had uh, Cooper Cup had ninety four receptions. Robert Woods had ninety. So if you're going over, you're basically saying they're both going to go over a thousand yards, or somebody else on the roster would. Uh, I'm just confused. How is it one point five? <laughs> because the over will be two, and the under would be one. Uh, I guess, I guess. All right. Um, for me, I'll say over just because I feel like Cooper Cup will always be golf's go-to and Robert Woods is just going to be Robert Woods. So yeah, for me, that's a no-brainer. It's going to be over. The The people agree with you. 76.5% say over, 23.5% say under. I... I will say over as well, but it, I don't know. I, I don't think it's like as easy as you would say. That's a lot of yards, but I think they will both do it, especially with, with Brandon Cooks out the door. Those guys are going to be getting heavy, heavier targets. But keep in mind, like, the end of the season for Cooper Cup last year was a disaster. And I hope that was a fluke. I, I think it will more likely he'll be he'll be getting a lot of, a lot of reps, but I mean, he had that two hundred twenty yard game in uh, week eight, and then his next. Let's see here, doing some stats on the fly. I know everybody loves that. In his next seven games, he averaged thirty eight point six yards a game. So I mean, he and and then in uh, week seventeen he had ninety nine yards, so close it out nice, but. I mean, in the first eight games, he hit 792 yards, which, like, saying that out loud is fucking ridiculous. I forgot how insane that was. And he maybe Davis has figured him out. Maybe he was hampered by something. I don't know. But you, I, I think it'll even out somewhere in the middle between getting 792 yards in eight games and doing nothing for seven games. Uh, it, it's entirely possible that uh, defenses figured him out. And I think one of the reasons why I kind of like um, the offense going forward in terms of receivers is because it's the type of receivers that the Rams have now uh, are not only very similar to last year, but also in a lot of ways they've improved in terms of uh, having the right type of system wide receivers. Like, you can certainly make an argument that Brandon Cooks is a better wide receiver overall, but in terms of the system that the Rams are running right now, uh, he's kind of useless, and that was evidence last year. I still think Brandon Cooks was uh, a a good wide receiver. It's just in the type of system that the Rams have, he just was kind of useless. So now that they have other wide receivers to go to like I feel like Josh Reynolds is going to step up in a big way I feel like as far as Van Jefferson is concerned um, while I do think that uh, Van Jefferson is going to be a rookie and he's going to have his uh, shortcomings I think that he's going to draw away some some uh, potential uh, cover from other guys when he's on the field so I think that in a way this is going to also help out the Rams uh, receiving the the top two receivers uh, in terms of Cooper Cup and uh, Robert Woods. Right on. Yeah, I it'll be interesting. I'm 
I, I, I would feel pretty comfortable going the over there, but I don't think it would be anyone else besides Cooper Cup or Robert Woods. And we will get to Van Jefferson later on this show. Over under 800 rushing yards for Cam Akers, our rookie back. Last year, Todd Gurley had 855 yards on 223 attempts. I, I was kind of struggling where to put this over under, but 800 feels okay. Uh, 68% of the listeners or the tweeters said over and 32% said under. This one's tough uh, just because you don't know exactly how Akers is going to be used. He's a rookie. Uh, there's a ton of potential there, and I do like Cam Akers, but I also like Daryl Henderson, and I also like Malcolm Brown, who will take some of those touches away. If we're talking Cam Akers was going to get you know, the bulk of the carries, and we know that for sure going in, I, I think 800... Uh, over 800 is is uh, fair, but as of now, sharing all of those reps uh, with you know with with Henderson and Brown, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I buy that. Just yeah, I'm gonna say under for now. Yeah, this is a tough one. It's cause 800 is it, it. That's a lot of yards. You you pretty much gotta be close to the bell cow to to hit that. And I, I, I don't know how heavy he is going to be used, but like like the way I sit here, the way I'm thinking about it, I, I don't know if he will reach a 1,000, but the Rams did not draft a running back that high to not have him leading this committee to me. And I think he's going to get a lot of work. And assuming he can stay healthy, uh, I would say at least he gets into the 850 yard range that Todd Gurley had last year so I I will say over the the touchdowns might be more of an issue because Lord knows if they're just going to turn Malcolm Brown into Mike Tolbert this year just go all in and take touchdowns away from Cam Akers and as uh, an aspiring Cam Akers fantasy owner haven't done much my drafts yet uh, that's that just scares me already but I, I I, I think I gotta go over. I I just don't I don't see them drafting somebody that high at a position where they didn't really need to address it. Uh, just just to not do anything there. It, I can certainly see your point there. I I think that for sure Cam Akers is gonna get you know a, a lot of looks here in the twenty twenty season. You know, for sure, you have to have a lot of confidence to draft a running back in the second round nowadays, um, especially for a team like the Rams that don't always have a lot of draft picks to work with. So for for that point, that's true. But I also think that how the Rams are going to utilize Cam Akers isn't always going to be just as a pure running back. I see a lot of him uh, being used in the passing game. And I do think that's going to take away from some of his rushing yards as well. So it's not to say that Cam Akers won't do anything. It's um, basically to say that I don't know if he can attain 800 yards because still 800-yard season is not a bad season for a rookie especially. No. No, not at all. And it depends on how many carries you get, how efficient you are, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I 
Yeah, I, I think they're going to be a, a pass-heavy offense this year, which gets us to our next over-under, our guy Jared Goff. Johnny, over-under for Goff, 12 interceptions. So in his first year under Sean McVay, he threw seven interceptions. Second year, he threw 12. Last year, he threw 16. So I feel like 12 uh, was, a, was a good spot to put this. Uh, you know, let's go 12 and a half for, for the sake of, of what we're doing here. So the under would be 12. And I think it's important to note, too, the interceptions increased the last three years. But year one under McVay, he threw 477 balls. Year two, he threw 561. And year three, he threw 626. So, I mean, it's like, I don't know if I could sit here and say he's going to throw more than 626 balls this year. That's a lot of passes, but I would imagine it would be high. I think they're gonna. I think he's gonna be slinging it this year. What do you think here? It, it's tough because uh, I think that the way that Sean McVay is designing his offense is he's not gonna take a lot of shots downfield, meaning uh, that there's less opportunities for uh, Goff to throw interceptions downfield. Uh, that's not to say that he can't get picked off in like the short to mid range passes because uh, as we've seen in the past year or so, he hasn't always made the best decisions. And that's why he got termed uh, the nickname uh, Jared Goof. So, uh, you know, I don't think the Rams are going to pass nearly as much as they did last year. I think that it's still going to be a pass-heavy offense, don't get me wrong. Uh, But all things considered, you're going to have a a well-established running game, or at least trying to be a well-established running game, whereas last year Sean McVay hesitated to use the ground game. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. So that, you know, with all that considered – 16 interceptions is still not that bad considering how many times Goff passed it. Uh, It's still not that great, don't get me wrong. But um, just for that reason, I think the the amount of decline in terms of how many times he's going to pass the ball, uh, the increase in running the ball, uh, the decrease in throwing balls down the field, I think I'm going to go under here. Um, I thought I was going to go over at first. But the more I think about it, I just think that McVeigh's trying to avoid situations like this. And while I'm sure he's going to make mistakes, he's not a perfect quarterback, obviously. Uh, I just don't think that uh, he's going to go over uh, 12 interceptions this year. Yeah, I, I'm going to go over. I I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. I don't know if they're going to throw out 600, like I said, 620 times, but uh, he threw 561 passes in 2018. I would imagine this year falls somewhere in between that number and last year's number. And for that reason, I I don't know. I don't think he's going to throw 16 again, maybe, but I feel like he throws a little under that just because he's going to be throwing the ball a lot, I, I think. Uh, I know they drafted Cam Akers to run the ball, but I don't really see them turning into a of running offense. You know, I think they will rely on that a little more. Uh, and I think we will see a lot of more 12 personnel stuff like that. But I, 
I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, we were still middle of the pack in rushing attempts last year, uh, ar- around that range. I'm trying. I, I can't do the math on said, but just looking, you know, I'm gonna do it. But I, yeah, I, um, I think we're like 16 here, 16, 17 ish in that range in rushing attempts. So it's not like we weren't running the ball last year, and I, I don't think like they drafted Cam Akers to like. Like they're gonna get in the ball, but I don't think they drafted him to become like, like the Baltimore Ravens, and they're just gonna run the ball all day. I I think they're still gonna throw a lot, and for that reason, I think he's gonna throw some picks because he's not perfect yet. And I hope he gets better. I think he will, but I I think he's still gonna turn the ball over quite a bit. This for sure won't be the the Baltimore Ravens where all they do is run. <laughs> no. No, absolutely not. And oh, Cam, Cam Newton's off the market, so that dream is squashed as well. Um, hey, 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 don't don't discount a dual threat quarterback in Jared Goff. He <laughs> he had he had a couple moves out there. I'm completely completely discounting it. Aaron, <laughs> uh, but, but I got I got another one here for you, Johnny. Over under twenty four and a half touchdowns for Jared Goff. Year one eight through twenty eight, year two eight through thirty two, and then last year down to twenty two, despite the increase in passing attempts. Uh, I'm going to say over. I I think uh, I think for for Jared Goff, uh, even though he's not going to be throwing the deep ball too often, I think one of the biggest struggles for the Rams last year was actually running the ball in the red zone. So. I don't imagine it's going to improve too much. I mean, true, Todd Gurley is gone. Um, and while I do think Todd Gurley is still pretty talented, um, I just don't see them having an insurgence in in uh, goal line situations. I, I know they're going to try to do that with Malcolm Brown, and I think he will you know, do a, a, a decent job. But he's, let, let's put it this way, he's not, He's not a Mike Tolbert, as you brought up before. You know, that's just not him. Right. And (laughs) for this reason, I feel like the Rams are going to try and do uh, a lot of goal line passes. And it's worked in the past, particularly with Tyler Higbee and uh, even Josh Reynolds to an uh, extent. So I I think I'm going to say over, you know, maybe not a whole lot much over, maybe like around the 26 touchdown range. But yeah, I'd, I'd say over. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go the over too. Just like for what I said before, they're gonna. I think he's gonna throw it a lot. And uh, Gurley, for all his faults, was a monster in the red zone, even last year. Like that guy, if he's in the red zone and they get in the ball, he finds the end zone. Uh, he he's been doing it his whole career. That was really what uh, because his, his numbers were bad last year and he wasn't catching the ball, you know, those touchdowns literally saved him as a fantasy player. And uh, without him, I think they're not going to be so tempted to run it every time in the red zone. Uh, and on top of that, like, he's going to be throwing the ball on man. Like I said, I know I feel like I'm going to say that 90 times before the podcast ends. But, yeah, the, there's no Mike Tolbert on this team. I, 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 I go over here. Uh, that 22 from last year feels like crazy low, and I, I think he'll be more efficient getting touchdowns. Switch over to the defense real quick. 
Let's go Aaron Donald. Over under 12 and a half sacks. So last year he had exactly 12 and a half sacks. Uh, the question would be, do you expect him to do better or worse than last year uh, in the sacks department? Year before, obviously, he had 20 and a half sacks, which was unbelievable. Year before that, he had 11 sacks, 8, 11, 9 for the first three years. Uh, what do you think here? Over under 12 and a half sacks for Donald. I'm going to say over. You know, this is A.A. Ron Donald. You know, you, you can't you can't discount this guy. This guy is amazing. I've said it more than once before, and I don't care. I'm going to say it again. He is one of the best, if not the best, defensive player in the NFL. And now it feels like the Rams have got better, even better on the defensive line, which is insane. Uh, I think the addition of Sean Robinson is going to benefit this as well because, the let's face it, offensive lines can't afford to – put four offensive linemen on Aaron Donald anymore. It's just, it's not going to work. So <laughs> that's, that's insane. By the way, I, I, I just, I'm still amazed at Carolina game when I saw that, yeah. like that yeah, man, I've seen double, I've even seen triple teams. I've never seen quadruple team. That is legendary right there. But yeah, for, for Aaron Donald, just being Aaron Donald, I, I can't say under it's gotta be over. Yeah, yeah, this is a hard one because he, you know, that's a shitload of sacks for an interior defensive lineman. But at the same time, he did 20 and a half the year before. And, yeah, that interior crew is even stronger. Uh, they're weaker on the edge without Fowler. But I I, I voted under in the poll, but I, I think I'm going to go over too. He, yeah, I don't know. I I got I gotta go over. Like I feel like fourteen, fifteen, that range feels right. Uh, I'd love for him to break his own personal record. I don't really see that happening, but I I don't know that that defensive that interior line is pretty loaded, and I think uh, he's gonna get some pressure taken off of him. Not much though. I mean, he'll be double teamed a lot, but he was double teamed a lot the year he went for twenty and a half sacks. Sixty two point five percent of the listeners went over here. And just because I forgot to say it, uh, on interceptions for Goff, 63% went under. And on uh, touchdowns for Goff, 78% went over. But, yeah, it's that's a lot of sacks. So, man, that's a lot of sacks. It feels really optimistic of us. I don't think it's that optimistic because, as you said, dude had 20 and a half sacks yeah, one year. Yeah. And while I don't think he's going to have 20 and a half sacks um, this year as much as I'd like him to, would I be surprised if he does that or possibly more? Not really. I mean, would it be that big of a stretch? And and look, limited preseason, uh, you know, I'm guessing a limited training camp. That might hamper a lot of guys. They might start out slow. Aaron Donald had 20 and a half sacks when he didn't show up until, what, the last week of the preseason, if that. Uh, <laughs> he was holding out that whole year. So, I, eh, he's going to have a big year, as always. I mean, he, when it's all said and done, he's going to be one of the best to ever play the game, I think. He is, if you think that's hyperbole, uh, this is kind of a Rams echo chamber here. So, I don't think many of you guys are going to think that's hyperbole. But, look, man. 
not many players make five first-team All-Pros in their first six years. That is a really astounding thing to do. So, like, he, he's on he's on his way. Um, let's move on to Tyler Higby. So, Tyler Higby, last year, he finished with 734 receiving yards. But, obviously, 522 of those came in the last five games of the season. Uh, and we're talking about a guy that played in 15 games. So, the other 10, not much happened. Before last year, he never finished over 300 yards in a single season. So, obviously, he got a contract extension. Johnny, my over-under for Tyler Higby right now, I'm setting it. He had 734 yards last year. Let's set it at 734 and a half yards. Is he going to have more yards than last year? Oh, man. That one's really tough. I want to say over so bad. <sighs> I think I'm I'm going to go under, but not by much. I feel like he's going to be like in like the 650 yard range. I think that's pretty safe just because I think Higby will certainly be a top target for, for golf. But when you're going over 700 plus yards, you're going to elite levels of tight ends here. And while I do think he's better than most tight ends in the league, I don't think he's elite just yet. Or I don't know if he'll ever be elite, to be fair. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if he eclipses it, just because I do think he has a lot of potential. But, yeah, I got to go under. I, I, I think it would be... <sighs> I think the Rams would certainly benefit a lot if if he was over, but I I just don't think he's going to be over it this year. Um, Steve, I have a feeling you're going to have a similar response here. No, I don't, Johnny. I I have come a long way on my Tyler Higby case. I mean, look, man, I I just that stretch and the season and. I, I know they played Arizona twice who, like, if I played tight end, I'd probably be able to get, like, 35 yards out of there because they just don't guard the position. Uh, but, like, it, that stretch of games, like, that five-game stretch was, like, historically insane for a tight end just in the history of the sport. 522 yards over five games. 43 receptions on 56 targets. He was averaging eight and a half catches for 104 yards a game. Only two touchdowns, but like, I I just like, I think they saw a shift there with him where like, you can't ignore that. I know five games isn't like the be all end all, but these were five games together in a row that they chose to just make him such a focus of the offense. And yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be so much over 735 yards because like they're not going to ignore Cooper Cup like they did on a stretch but like a lot of the things like a lot of the things attractors so Tyler Higby's been a, a very hot topic on fantasy Twitter right now because like everyone's saying why like a lot of people are saying like why would you buy into this guy like at, well first of all he's being ranked like the ninth tight end and his ceiling people are saying like that's his ceiling first of all his ceiling is 
number one as a tight end because that game was or that five game stretch was the best for a tight end during that five games last year like by far uh, and I would imagine that was the best stretch for any tight end last year over five games so I mean like yeah there's a chance he comes back down to earth but a lot of people have been saying like well Brandon Cooks was injured well like he wasn't he played in most of those games and then a lot of people are saying like oh well Jared Jared Everett missed some time you know he missed a couple of those games it's like well Jared Everett played in a lot of games last year and he wasn't getting looked at like that and he played in some of those games I believe he suited up the San Francisco game and just like didn't touch the field uh and we'll get to Gerald in a little bit but I to me that stretch of games like I know it's silly to buy into somebody based off of a couple games but like tight ends are late bloomers in the NFL and that stretch was way too much for me to ignore I've been shitting on Tyler Higby for years on this podcast. That stretch turned me into a believer, uh, and I, I, I'm in, man. I I don't know if he'd hit like 900 or like a thousand, but I think he will hit at least 800 this year. Man, if he hits 800, I think the Rams are are doing excellent on offense. Um, and like I said, it, it's. Would it entirely surprise me if he hits 800? Uh, maybe not that much, but it would surprise me a little. I'm not going to lie. Um, not to say that I'm not a Higby believer because I've certainly been uh, more of a supporter than Steve has. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just I feel like that's an awful lot for Higby, and I, I'm not going to take it away from him, though, if it if, if it happens, then I'll be very happy I'm upset uh, that I'm wrong. Yeah, and this was a closer one on Twitter. 58% went over, uh, 42% went under. Um, and even, like, it's it's hard to, like, believe what happened. Like, you look at his game-by-game yardage last year. 20, 21, 41, 47, 5, 8, 8, 22. Uh, then, he, then he misses a game. Oh, no, I guess he played in this game. Zero. 20 and then 107 116 111 104 84 like just the the, the a wild complete 180 uh but i'm in i i believe i am a believer and i think uh he will continue to be good i don't think he's gonna be travis kelsey or george kittle uh i don't think he's gonna be the tight end one like i said is a ceiling but i think he's gonna he's gonna be good i i i'm optimistic i I think that was real. Uh, it was just too good to not be real. So would you say he's he's the Rams' white knight? <laughs> Steve believes in Harvey Dent. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, had to, I had to go there. <laughs> well, well, let's just pivot to, to Gerald Everett here while we're on the topic of tight ends. I set the over-under for him at 550 yards uh because i saw some projections having him around like 600 uh he the so the people were very split on this 51 percent went under and about 49 percent went over so right down the middle i i think this is i don't know because if i feel by higby i feel like this is a clear under i think he's a candidate to get traded midway through the season uh i don't know i i just think that it, like in thinking that the Higby thing is real and I do think we'll run a fair amount of 12 personnel and that 
uh, Gerald will get chances to get the ball and will be out there quite a bit because I think that might be a shift in offensive philosophy is to having two tight ends out there. Obviously, you should be should be throwing this guy out there over Johnny Munt, but 550 yards. I he had 400 last year in 13 games. I I, I feel pretty confident he's not going to hit that. I'm going to certainly say under, and the reason being is because I think he's going to be traded. There's, I, I I don't see him like to to be quite frank. I, I think it may come down to the Rams cutting him at the uh, end of uh, training camp or the end of the preseason, rather. As weird as it sounds, it happens. We've seen it last year. We've seen we see it with other teams all the time. Basically, I'm thinking this because they just got a tight a rookie tight end that has a lot of potential in and of himself as a receiving tight end. So it's clear that on a contract year that Everett's not going to be with in a Rams uniform next year. Agreed. And I also think there's a world too, though, that like both Higby and Everett have like 650 yards. Maybe they get an even split, uh, and they're both used. But I, I don't. I to me, I don't know. It's the like crazy that I'm saying this. I would never see myself saying this a year ago. But like, I don't see a world where Tyler Higby isn't a a big part of the passing game. I still think that Everett has a lot of potential and I think he can do some damage just maybe not with the Rams I just don't think he's a he's he's certainly not a fit anymore per se because again I think he would have been a lot more useful in a more high-flying offense and that's not really the Rams anymore so yeah I think he's gonna be either underutilized or he's going to be traded I think it's gonna be the latter yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I still have some hopes for him, but like if we could get a fourth round pick for him, I I think he pull the trigger. Uh, he contract year like he said. I don't, I don't, I feel like that fourth round pick's not out there though. But let's let's move on to over under for the team and offensive points per game. Let's go 10 and a half. Last year, I believe they finished 11th in points per game. So this would mean a top 10 finish in points per game for the offense. Ooh. Yeah, that's a hard one. Man. I think for now I'm going to go under. And the reason being is because I'm still not entirely sold on the offensive line. And while I know that Les Snead and Sean McVay have taken provisions to trying to simplize and simplize. <laughs> oh, it's, it's been a day. It's been a day. It's but at least it's day. Friday. I'm just kidding. It's simplify. <laughs> Good Lord. Simplize. Simplify the offense. Um, yeah. I know they've done a lot of things to simplify the offense and to make sure it's as efficient as possible with the players they have. And I think that's going to help a little bit, 
But to say that there'll be a top 10 offense, especially in scoring, I I, I think that's a tough pill to swallow. And I, I got to go under, maybe slightly under. I don't think it'll be like they'll be like the worst offense in the league or anything. Um, but I, I, I think like a, certainly a top 15, I, I think is more believable. Top 10, I, I, I think is kind of going out there. So yeah, I'm gonna go under here. You know, just I guess just about heads, I'll go over. Uh, I I think they are gonna score a lot, uh, and scoring doesn't necessarily mean you are, uh, you know, an efficient offense. I mean, shit, look at us last year, man. We finished 11 in scoring. Uh, our offense wasn't Ooh. that great. So I I I think I think I'll go over slightly here, uh, because I think we're gonna we're gonna have the ball a lot we're going to be scoring we're going to be at least in the red zone a lot we're going to be throwing a lot uh and shit if we're not that good we're going to be playing from behind a lot i i think a lot of points will be scored it'll be close though i mean if they're in the top 10 i feel like they're like nine or ten i don't know i i don't think there'll be much i don't think they'll be like high upper echelons in scoring like they've been in the past but hey i'll go over here why not and 70, 67% of the people on Twitter went over. I think we've actually butted heads a lot in this uh, in this particular segment. <laughs> much much more than usual. How about this one? Over under 600 total offensive yards for Daryl Henderson. Uh, obviously, very minimal role last year. What do we think his role is going to be this year? I mean, do you think he has 600 total yards? Passing and rushing or receiving, I mean. Uh, are we combining? Uh, are we combining or just over six hundred rushing yards? No, uh, receiving and rushing. Okay, in that case, I'm going to say over. I I don't think it would be that difficult for him to do receiving and and rushing. Now, not to say that I expect him to get a lot of receiving yards because that did he did struggle particularly with uh, catching the ball in the backfield. So I don't expect them to do a lot in the receiving game, but I do expect them to pass in the ball every so often. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he had like maybe 100, maybe 150 yards receiving, and then, um, you know, 400, 500 res- rushing yards. I-, I think that's certainly doable. Um, I-, I do think he's going to split carries with the Cam Akers, so, and I, I think that that's going to be something that's, you know, something that they're going to work on to the point where they can more cohesively do it. So, yeah, in that regard, I, I'd have to say over, maybe not by a whole lot. I think anything more than 700 might be a tad much. But, um, yeah, I, I think I, I can confidently say over here. Right about heads. I'm going to go under. I think he will have a role here, but I I don't see it being a very big one considering how high they drafted Cam Akers uh, when we had a lot of needs to fill. Uh, but then again, you know, you never know. You really never know. He He's a home run hitter. Uh, he might squeak above that line, but I, I, I don't know, man. I just – they played Malcolm Brown a lot last year. Uh, Todd Gurley was struggling a little bit and, you know, I, I was vocal that 
keep giving it to Todd. And I didn't expect much from Daryl Henderson because Todd was here last year. But the the Cam Akers pick makes me think that I don't know. Maybe maybe they didn't love what they saw. Uh, he'll he'll have a role, uh, but I would see it more of being like a like a Tavon Austin role. Like every three games, he'll just blow up a little bit. But uh, I, don't, I don't, don't wish that on us. Tavon had his moments, man. I will stand by it. Uh, if he was like a third round pick, would have been he wouldn't have been considered a bust. But obviously, at eight, he was a, a huge bust. Uh, so I don't know. I, I I don't have huge expectations for Henderson this year. Let's... Yeah, uh, uh, I'll I'll reiterate. I'll reiterate. Don't wish that on him. <laughs> he was a weapon. Tavon was a weapon, to say the least. Well, he did score on us last year. <laughs> oh, my God, of course. I called it. I called it. I remember that. Um. <laughs> He got lucky. Let's be real. He got lucky. 70, 73.7% of listeners picked the over for Daryl Henderson there, so I'm definitely in the minority. This one is a complete 50-50 split from the from Twitter. Over under 500 yards for Van Jefferson. Uh, I'm going to say under just because he's a rookie – there's three other guys in front of him, and while he can certainly he can certainly change that if he is a fast learner in the league, I don't see it happening this year. Maybe next year, but that's that's still going to be tough. Um, yeah, I, I, I got to go under here just because uh, I, I do think he's going to have some good. Um, some good performances here and there, but 500 is, is an awful lot of, of yards for a rookie behind three other guys. Yeah. I, I, I would say like more around like the three to 400 yard range. I, I think this is going to be a learning year for him. Yeah, I am with you. And I know it's going to sound a little hypocritical because of what I was just saying about how high they drafted Cam Makers when they took Van Jefferson what five picks after him. Um but there's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. I mean, obviously we we talked about Cooper Cup and Robert Woods who we'd anticipate both going over a 1000 yards. Uh obviously I'm sitting here singing Tyler Higbee's praises to the roof which uh like Put that on your 2020 bingo card. Who would have saw that coming? But then even that, after those three, there's also Josh Reynolds is there. He has to beat out Josh Reynolds for snaps. Uh, Gerald Everett's there. If they're going to run, you know, more 12 personnel, Gerald will probably be out there. And and Van wouldn't be uh, it, it, thinking that they would have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup out there. And we don't know. We don't know what formations he's going to be used in. But, uh, and then Cam Akers it could get some receptions. So 500 feels like a lot. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be useless this year, but uh, like it, it going receiver at that point in the draft, and just like Denzel Mims is there, and Van. I mean, I don't want to relitigate that, but uh, I don't know. It's just it was kind of a weird pick, and I don't know. I I don't see 500 yards this year, but it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me if he had like seven, eight hundred, uh, because they drafted him high. They clearly see something in him, but I I don't expect. 500 if he gets 800 i'll be entirely shocked 
I mean, they took him high, and I if they don't switch to a lot of twelve personnel, uh, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised by that. But like, let's say they like eleven and they stick with it. He's gonna be out there a lot. I think. I think they drafted him to play. I don't think they drafted him to be Josh Reynolds' backup. You know, so I don't know. I surely not. Yeah, but I who knows? I I would still feel pretty confident about the under. Uh, I last... mean, don't get me wrong. I'm hoping that he he proves me wrong. I hope he proves everybody wrong and he gets a thousand yards. Not gonna happen though. Yeah, th- a thousand would would blow my mind. For sure. <laughs> uh, last two are defensive ones. <laughs> Over under .5 linebackers on the Rams having at least 100 tackles. Uh, since 2006, one the Rams have been without a 100-tackle linebacker one time. Uh, can you name the year? I, I would be shocked if you could name this year. Well, uh, 2000, 2013? You're going to be surprised. It was 2017 was the year they didn't do that. Really? Yeah. Uh, Alec Ogletree and Mark Barron were both like in the, in the low nineties, I think. So they're close. Uh, but yeah, 2017. Uh, obviously, they had James Laurinaitis for a lot of those years, who was a tackling machine. Uh, going yep. through, going through the list, Will Witherspoon and Pisa Tiamoa both checked in with a hundred tackles during uh, my little research before the show. And last year, Corey Littleton had a hundred thirty-four. Uh, he will be sorely missed, but to me, Johnny, this is the easiest under I've ever taken in my life. Uh, I, I love Micah Kaiser butting heads with some uh, some some folks on Twitter. Uh, I don't want to get into what the topic of that conversation was, but I was definitely rooting for him. Uh, <laughs> I just looked at this video. He goes, Ramley, y'all are some real ones. going to be an awesome season. Uh, but that being said, I do not expect Micah Kaiser to even snip 100 tackles, and I don't think any of these guys will, unless we bring in somebody unbeknownst to me before the season. So, thinking about the potential uh, of guys that can step up to be that 100-tackler, there's Clay Johnston. <laughs> yeah, that would be what. But you never know, man. <laughs> what pick was Corey Littleton? Like, he was a late-ass pick. Was he even drafted? He was not drafted. Yeah, so, yeah. Shit, man, maybe it's Troy Reader. Who who knows? Uh, it, you know, I didn't expect Corey Littleton to get 100 tackles the year he broke out. So, like, I, I'll say no cool. right now, but shit, that, the NFL's weird. Uh, it's a weird sport. Yeah, it's it's for surely an under. I, I'd love to butt heads with you here, but uh, that'd be setting myself up for failure, you know? And, uh, yeah, that's that's just... I, I would really struggle... What, I won't sit here and say it's impossible because any of these guys could step up. You did bring up a good point about Corey Littleton who just came out of the blue one day and uh, performed lights out. Yeah. I mean, he was always a guy that had potential, but no one ever really saw, you know, the, the, the pro that he really became. So yeah, I, I, um, 
not going to count anyone out, but at the same time, I'm going to be very realistic about it and say under here. Yeah, the the people did agree with us on this one. Uh, 69% said under. La- this is the last one I got for you uh, and for all of you. Thank you for listening if you're still here. Uh, over under uh, a finish for the Rams giving up the 16 and a half least points per game allowed. So basically, if we go over, it means they'll finish in the top 16 best defenses in terms of points allowed and under uh they would finish in the bottom 16 so the rams did lose uh some major league stars here yeah and last year they were last year just for reference for you they were 17th so like right in the middle yeah you know and losing guys like dante fowler and Corey littleton that's not going to be easy to recover from but at the same time, I feel like that the the core, you know, being the defensive line, being, you know, a bunch of studs on the defensive line, plus I feel very confident in the secondary. If everyone stays healthy, I'm very confident in this defense. I, I'm not going to sit here and say they're top 10, but I would have to say – uh, I guess would that be over? Yeah, I guess that would be over. Over, right? over if you think they're going to be in the top uh, top half. Yeah, so over. I, I, I we're butting heads a lot here. I'm going to go under. Uh, you know, slightly. Nah, I'm not. I'm not. I think this is going to be a pretty solid defense. But I, I mean, even in years past, where like they were a good defense under Wade Phillips, they give a shitload of points, and I think they're gonna be in some shootouts this year. Uh, if they're good, teams are gonna be scoring in garbage time against them. Uh, if they're bad, obviously they're gonna be giving up a lot of points. So I, I, I go under, but I think they're probably like similar to where they were last year, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen type range. But I think they're going to give up some points. And then I, I think they're going to be a good defense, though. But, like, not all good defenses are in the top five in points and stuff like that. So I I think they'll still be good, but I don't I don't think they'll be top half in terms of that, that stat. I think you've uh, taken the role of, of Derek Downer here. <laughs> I don't know. You were hesitant to say they would win nine games. That's true. I I don't even God mean the. It, I I didn't mean like this stat in a negative way. You know the um, points. I think it'll be fine. I just think they're gonna give a lot of points. It is what it is. We gave a lot of points in twenty eighteen. We did fine. It was it was a pretty fun year, wasn't it? We had like. A really good defensive performance in a game where we give up 50 points like that year. You know what I mean? Like, didn't we have like six turnovers in that Chiefs game? We still gave up 50 points. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That There was like, I think they had two defensive touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that game was nuts. What a fucking game. Uh and just the icing on the cake of this, what'd you say? I was happy to be there. Yeah, man, I'm jealous. 
I'm done. I was literally like, I was watching the game on my couch, and at like ele- like eleven thirty, I'm like up standing in the room. I'm like, this literally may be the best football game I've ever watched in my entire life. Like that oh, game, it was. yeah, that was a regular season for sure by far the best regular season game I've ever watched. And I feel like I could confidently sit here and say it might be the best regular season football game I ever will watch. And now I wouldn't say best game ever that I'll watch in my lifetime because I'm sure there'll be a lot of great playoff games with higher stakes. Uh, but that game, I mean, for a game with really not a lot of stakes, that game was nuts, just out of control. Uh, and hopefully we get a game like that at SoFi next season or whenever we get fans back. Uh, and just to rain on our parade, Axe Chucker responded to the thing and said, uh, it's all under because there's not going to be a season. The Players Union will step in if the commission ownership keeps looking like they want a YOLO. Uh, so uh, not, not the best way to end it, but look, that cloud, I mean, until the season, until we kick off football in week one, that that possibility will be looming over heavily. And I I would not blame. Well, I did say blame the NFL if we didn't kick off. But like at the same time, you know, it it is what it is. Safety matters first. Uh, I hope you know the point we're at. I hope we just don't have fans or have a very limited number of fans because clearly it would it would cause spikes. Uh, like clearly if we had full stadiums or even close to it, uh, it, had, it had to be very limited. But on that point too, there's a lot of seats in a football stadium. So you, you could probably fit some fans in there if you wanted to. Uh, but that, that just sucks at that class. It sucks. That this is where we are in, in the world. Uh, it has been a pretty shitty year. I think we could all agree. Oh yeah. No question. Uh, uh all right. Well, you you got any anything to add? Do anything we didn't touch on? Oh, I guess SoFi Stadium is ninety seven percent complete. So Johnny, on a scale of one to a hundred, how fake is that number? Uh, I'm gonna say ninety seven. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> what the hell does ninety seven percent mean? Like I don't know what that means exactly, but. Uh, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that they're almost done, so be happy. It's like when they asked Joel Embiid one time how healthy he was, and he said 69% because these numbers are meaningless. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, and then, and then, Jalen Rose uh, called him like a child for saying that, so then he said he was up to 81% uh, because that's how many Kobe dropped on him. <laughs> oh, man, that was... That that's priceless. Yeah. I, I'm I'm sad I missed that. <laughs> that's my guy. Gonna be back in uh, the Orlando bubble in a couple weeks, and we get hoops back. Let's see if he's 69% though. Yeah, you know I the the 76ers this year, and I know literally nobody listening cares about this, but they they were like 28 and two at home, or like something insane, like one of the best home records ever, and. Uh, on the road, they are obviously terrible because they're the sixth seed in the East right now. But like, what happens now? What do they do on a neutral court? Like, what happens? Are like, what do they do? They're they're great. They're the best team in the league at home, and they're one of the worst on the road. So now they go on a neutral court. I don't I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I mean, at the same time, you can almost say that that's for every team. 
because, right. yeah, it's literally the same exact situation as everybody else. So I guess in a way that's good, kind of. Yeah, it's going to be weird because there's definitely a lot of players that feed off the energy of the arena. I mean, Joel Embiid for sure is one of them. Uh, so, like, we'll we'll see. But I feel like most players are. I mean, it and it. it well, I guess I guess there are some teams that have like dead attendance, but I don't really think any of them are good right now. Maybe Miami. They have pretty shitty shitty attendance. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we might have to do a, a basketball preview when we get close because we have nothing else to talk about. But we'll wrap up this week. Probably get to start the schedule preview soon. But don't forget, give us that review if you haven't yet. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Subaru, at Johnny Five Not Six, and at Talk Rams. And we will talk to you guys next week. I don't really think I'm an idiot most of the time. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. DC police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.